Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast. Here you will hear Pastor Ethan Callison journey with people just like you from Fellowship Community Church. Our goal is to engage in God's Word to find Jesus in the Scriptures every day. We desire this podcast not to be a substitute for your Bible reading, but rather a compliment so that you encounter Jesus and live a changed life. Here's your host, Pastor Ethan Callison. Welcome to the Jesus Everyday Podcast, where every word, thought, verse, and chapter of the scriptures point us to the person of Jesus. My name is Ethan Callison. I serve as one of the pastors here at Fellowship Community Church, located in the Roanoke, Salem, Virginia area. And uh, I'm grateful and thankful for you listening in, taking your spiritual growth, uh, your discipleship seriously. Uh, we are excited to continue to journey with Anna through the, the book of Acts as we follow the here reading plan. Uh, we want to highlight, explain, apply, and respond uh, to God's word. That's uh, the method we're using here. And uh, if you're new joining us, uh, We'll have more details about that uh, throughout the year and such, and that's what we really want to see you do is uh, understand how to use a HEAR journal, a HEAR reading plan uh, to to be modeled for you, and you catch by, by listening in and modeling that for you. So if you haven't done so, go ahead and read Acts chapter 3, and then we'll hop in there. So Anna, as uh, you and David have lived here in the Roanoke Valley for a little over two years now, uh, what have you enjoyed the most about living in the Roanoke Valley? Well, God has really used Fellowship Community Church for um, our healing, mm. and so I really enjoyed um, seeing God heal us spiritually in a lot of different ways and grow us, which has been so fun. But I also just really love your food. <laughs> I love food everywhere, but <laughs> uh, our favorite restaurant in the Valley is Alexander's, and it's bougie, so be careful, but it's so it's so good, guys. Like, it's so good, so good. So if you... Yeah, see, I even said earlier, I've never even heard of Alexander's. Oh Where's it at? So it's downtown. Um, it's like right across from Frankie Rollins. It's like a okay. little, it looks like a hole in the wall, but That's I mean, good. like, it is fantastic. Best mm. steak I've ever had in my life. Mm. Better than Frankie Rollins. Mm. So, I mean, we, my husband and I don't get to go on dates often because we've got three under three, but literally, when you go on a date with your significant other or your girlfriend or your or your best friend, Go to Alexander's. <laughs> Thank me later. Cool. Cool. Love it. All right. Well, we're going to hop into Acts chapter 3 here uh, today. What uh, what passage, what verse stood out to you that the Holy Spirit revealed to you that you so, highlighted? Yeah. As I as I kind of read Acts chapter 3, I gleaned a couple of different things, which seems to be an overarching theme for me. Um, <clears throat> but I really loved how Peter, um, in verses 1 through 11, Peter is, he heals the crippled beggar. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, he doesn't just heal him. He, what he does is specifically he he looks at the man and he says, like, you know, I don't have the money that you want from me. Mm-hmm. I can't give you the money, but I can give you something like better mm-hmm. um, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. But he doesn't just say get up and walk and like make this command. He helps the man up. Mm-hmm. Um, and it reminded me of when we were uh, talking about Acts chapter one, the very end when the disciples were or apostles were trying to choose who was going to replace Judas. Mm-hmm. They prayed and then they cast lots and mm-hmm. they did something like, mm-hmm. they, you know, they trusted that their decision was going to, you know, be, you know, in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And here it's like we just see Peter's faith act out or, or literally walk out as he mm-hmm. encourages this man to get up and walk. And the man's been lame for, what, 40 years? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't even know what it's like to, like, stand on his two feet. But Peter's like, I'm going to help you in that, and mm-hmm. I'm going to hold you up, literally. And that act I just found so powerful because I feel like in a lot of that culture, it's um, like you wouldn't touch something that's unclean mm-hmm. or you wouldn't touch somebody that's, you know, less than you just ignore them kind of mm-hmm. like we do today. Mm-hmm. And so for him to hold him up, I just found that really powerful. Um, and then again, in verse 12, when Peter is preaching in the 
temple, verse 12 specifically says, Peter saw his opportunity. And Jesus um, in Luke tells his disciples um, to look for opportunities to present the gospel Mm. and to tell people about who he is. And Peter looked for an opportunity, saw it, and then he addressed the crowd. And um, it just really encouraged me there too, just to like look for opportunities. Um, And again, just Peter's maturity overall in this chapter, like um, verse 17, he, he tells the people what you and your leaders did to Jesus was done in ignorance. Um, And instead of holding it against them, Mm -hmm. he knew they're sinful too, just like me. And the gospel is for them. And that is such spiritual maturity. Yeah, it is. Because then he even he even continues there and he says in verse 18, but what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. So he's saying like, what you did, I'm not blaming you for it, but rather it was the fulfillment of the scripture. However, in verse 19, repent therefore mm. and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. So he then brings the gospel into it there. Yeah, just because it was prophesied doesn't yeah. <laughs> mean that like it's no, like there's nothing, like you can't, you don't have to repent. Like you need to repent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this gospel is for you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. All right, so when you look at a text like this, how do you begin to apply it in, into your life? So be constantly alert, looking for opportunities. But if I'm going to pray for something, mm-hmm. I need to have the the hands and feet and the the actions behind it. I don't just need to pray, you know, that God does something. Yeah. I need to be willing to be um, an answer or an encourager of that prayer mm-hmm. um, and, and look for opportunities to do what God has called me to do, not just um, hope that they come along, not mm-hmm. just, you know, pray that they come along, but be actively looking and searching um, for those opportunities to do what the Lord's called us to do. Mm-hmm. Um and then specifically, just just remember the covenant in verses twenty four through twenty six. We see that you know um, Peter is is reminding the Israelites and the people of God about the covenant that God made with Abraham, and just just being reminded that God always um, fulfills what He promises. Um, and with every command, there is um, every command that He has is sealed with the beauty of a promise, mm-hmm. um, and He is good in mm-hmm. that way. So. That's good. Yeah, I was even thinking through, like, um, when you look at the the lame beggar healed, um, you know, around 40 years is how long he was at the at the gate, and it says that they they a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that was called Beautiful to ask alms of those entering the temple. And just think about how long that person laid there, how many days, day in and day out, and people walked right past him and completely unseen. And I think even, and, and I don't know this because I, I can't recall off the top of my head if there was ever a situation, whether it be from Jesus' time on earth or in the rest of the epistles, where there would be someone who had a physical ailment, a disability is what we would call it today, uh, that they didn't heal. Mm. But in that, I think it would be interesting to see even if Peter and them walked by him and he wasn't healed of his lameness, they still would have saw him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that even when you look at, like, I think there's awkwardness when we're uncomfortable with things around us. And there's times when um, uh, you've been, I know that I've been in situations, you've been in situations, our listeners have been in situations where it's like we want to draw not attention to, but we want this person to acknowledge that, hey, I see you. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how to handle it. Mm. And we don't know what's the right thing to say. And I was just encouraged one time to, uh, uh, with, a, with a parent who had a, a child with a disability. And uh, I said, you know, uh, I asked them the question. I said, would you rather a family come to you and say the wrong thing or to ignore you? And they said, 100% say the wrong thing. Like, come and acknowledge that we're here, that my child 
is a real human being that's made in the image of God and is loved rather than just like side-eyeing us and then moving on. And like in that, like Peter and them saw this man and went to him and, and addressed him. I, th- I thought that was, that was that's pretty powerful. And like mm-hmm. I said, there might be a story. So if you know one, send them to me. Uh, I just can't think of one right off the top of my head uh, where they didn't physically heal something. But that isn't to say that uh, if you have a physical disability, that God is always going to heal you. I'm not saying that's the- theologically incorrect um, there. So I just want to make sure that. That's I don't get misquoted for well, first thing. Jacob, I mean, yeah. God injured yeah, yeah, him yeah. for His purposes. So every yep. time Jacob limped, he was like, "I remember when I wrestled with God." Yep. You know, I'm gonna yep. remember. <laughs> I'm gonna remember, and that was for Jacob's good. Yep. Absolutely, and that's why I love uh, one of the ministries that when Katie and I were looking at coming to FCC was our, uh, at that time it was called In His Image Ministry, but now it's Unlimited mm. that I'm so thankful for. Uh, I can't uh, how many even with North Campus we just moved right beside the Blue Ridge Autism and Achievement Center, and how many first time guests have come and people have gotten connected because of not do we just verbally say we're for these people, but we put like you said action into it. Mm. Hey, we don't just say, hey, we love you and we want you here, but just we don't do anything for you. No, we provide buddies for you. We provide respite nights for you. We provide From life groups for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Yep. Some Get them plugged the, in and serving as well. Some of the coolest people I've ever met are in that ministry. Yep. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, anything that God really specifically called you, Anna, to, to respond to this text? Um, specifically, just, again, seeing the growth in Peter, um, you know, being willing to... Um, to put hands and feet behind my prayer life, but also just the spiritual maturity. We can see sin um, and realize it's a part of being human. Like we can't escape sin here on earth. We're going to sin. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is also on the end of that, the cusp of that with the gospel, the liberation of Mm -hmm. repenting Mm -hmm. for sin Um, and don't miss the beauty of repentance. Sometimes Mm we, for me, um, I think repentance is this big sorrowful apology and it's a turning away from sin. And I want to be in a state of repentance constantly where I'm turning away from sin. Like I don't want to be led by it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want it to be my master. And so um, just the spiritual maturity here of Peter, I I want to exemplify that in my own life and look for ways where I can turn away from sin. Because if I'm not repenting of it, mm-hmm. then it might be my master. Yeah, that's right. You know? Good stuff. Man, love it, Anna. Well, thank you for listening in. We'll uh, hear today. We'll uh, continue through the books backs tomorrow.